When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm solid to the crack, never change me and my son the rain. It gets wet when we hang. I'm solid, could touch the blue part of the flame, the blue part of the flame. And nothing I just want to roll with those in the bottom. Welcome to the sports comedy podcast that could absolutely positively do what Mac Jones did Monday night. I'm your host, Adam Weinerman. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bill Belichick's Belichicker app, which gives off a light electric shock when you accidentally express joy, ESPN Fantasy Foosball, and the MLB Lock app, which is Instagram for faceless gray blobs. Big show today, my fan-sided coworker Gabrielle Starr popped by and we list the five things we'll miss most without a baseball offseason. But first, a quick trip through the headlines. The college football playoff field is set. Georgia will play Michigan, while Alabama will play bye week. In all honesty, congratulations to Cincinnati fans who have absolutely earned what is about to be the worst day of their entire lives. Since Kenyon Martin left, Jared Goff led the winless Detroit Lions to a last-second victory over the Minnesota Vikings. After the loss, Kirk Cousins accidentally shook his own hand. To celebrate the win, Lions coach Dan Campbell exhumed the body of former owner William Clay Ford Sr. and ate its kneecaps. Just, just kidding. He didn't touch the kneecaps. This marks Goff's first ever NFL win without Sean McVay as his head coach. Meanwhile, McVay is still looking for his first draft pick without Goff. Monday night's game proved it once and for all. Yes, the Patriots could absolutely win the 1962 NFL championship. Quarterback Mac Jones threw three passes in New England's victory in Buffalo, the fewest pass attempts in a game since Jet Steelers in 1970 when Joe Namath showed up passed out. Of course, Bill Belichick became the one to win a Monday night game with just three pass attempts. He's just out here collecting baubles at this point. He doesn't even care about winning, just winning weird. Stay tuned for Pat's Colts in two weeks when Belichick will try to become the first coach to ever win a game in backwards helmets. Some blame does go to Dawson Knox, though, who dropped two surefire completions and had a third ball knocked away in the end zone by the inevitable hands of time. Sorry, Bills. Not happening. Never happening. Vic Fangio's Broncos led a 20-play drive against the Chiefs Sunday night that resulted in zero points. Patrick Mahomes responded with a one-play drive that was somehow worth 14. A touching moment this weekend as Ben Roethlisberger announced his career would come to a close at the end of the 2017 season. For real though, Roethlisberger retirement rumors dominated the weekend, though the quarterback dismissed them and clearly didn't want word getting out. But, (laughs) come on, did you see that elbow brace he was wearing? He was asking for it. The Panthers shockingly fired offensive coordinator and ex-LSU coach Joe Brady, which can only mean that Brian Kelly doubled his salary. Kelly has come under fire this week for faking a Southern accent at his first appearance on campus at LSU. Kelly called the allegations, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say, outrageous. I do have a message for people coming after Kelly, though. 
The man himself is fair game, but please don't go after his family. Blazers GM Neil Olshay was fired after a workplace misconduct investigation. Here to comment is Blazers legend Brandon Roy's brother, Kendall Roy. Yeah, fucking, uh, fucking right. So, uh, we'll just, uh, smoke him out. Dame time, clock's ticking. Got it. Yeah. No, I'll tell Iverson. Yeah, lock it in. And golfer Tiger Woods. You know golfer Tiger Woods, right? We're talking about the golfer here. Let's start again. And golfer Tiger Woods has announced he'll return to the course and compete in the PNC Championship alongside his 12-year-old son, Charlie. Unfortunately for Tiger, Charlie learned how to swing a club from his mom. That's it. Coming up, I sat down with Gabrielle Starr, founder of Girl of the Game and disciple of Fansided, to reminisce over baseball, a sport that used to exist. Please enjoy. Gabrielle Starr, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Uh, the lockout of Major League Baseball is going to dominate both of our lives for two months, three months. And so I figured there was no better time for us to get together and mourn what we're about to lose. I mean, that was such an enthusiastic intro for such a depressing topic, but thank you for having me. I appreciate you joining. Uh, so what we have done, uh, neither of us have seen each other's lists, uh, but you are the biggest baseball fan I know that I work with. Um, and both of us, I think, are going to be equally depressed during this downtime. So we both made lists of the five things we're going to miss most about the MLB offseason. We have not exchanged lists. We could repeat. I hope that we do. So then everybody will know like this is sort of the biggest thing that we're, we're not going to be experiencing. Uh, but why don't you start with your number five and then we'll go back and forth. Okay, so mine are not necessarily in order because it kind of goes back and forth depending on the day, the year, the off season, et cetera. Hmm. Um, I'm going to miss like the soul crushing fear that a player I love on my favorite team is going to leave. There is like a weird, it's, it's like part of the, like, you know, self-flagellation of being a baseball fan <laughs> that like, there's something very thrilling <laughs> adrenaline, like about like with Mookie Betts, for example, just kind of like waking up every morning, wondering like, did everything in my life fall apart while I was asleep? And I weirdly miss that because I am a sucker for pain. I completely get that. And that comes with the constant Twitter refreshing and the thought of like, is this next refresh going to ruin my life? There's a good chance. And yet I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just like having, I think I tweeted this last week. I was like, it was before it was the day of the lockout, like the day that the CBA expired. And I remember tweeting something like having tweet notifications on for the Red Sox at this time. And this current situation is literally going to be the death of me. Yeah. I mean, and then it's so funny because, you know, the day of it's like nightmare, 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 constant, <laughs> constant threat of insane breaking news. And then the next day it's like a push notification. that's like 26% off souvenir baseballs or like Brian Cashman is fighting the Grinch oh tune in live to watch now. Somebody got mad at me for making fun of that. I mean, 
I just enjoyed your article. So I like quote tweeted the video of Cashman doing that ridiculous stunt. Um, and which like, also, I mean, I know there's a lockout and I know that he does this every year, but like you said in your article, it just feels kind of like nobody wants to see this right now. Like it, it, it kind of, I don't know why gave me the vibes of Jimber in 2017 when the Red Sox tweeted, tweeted rivalry with a bunch of flame emojis. And I was like, can you please focus on the issue at hand? Like, I understand it's the <laughs> off season and there was no lockout back then, but like you have other things to do. <laughs> That's like the famous, if you know, you know, luxury tax reset button tweet or whatever. It's like, what do you want? Who's that for? Yes. Oh my God. I, that was them too. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> That was that one was worse though because that one was like, hey, um, we created this amazing team. We spent way too much money. We could continue to spend way too much money, but instead, we're going to trade away a generational player, and then tweet about it like absolutely zero self awareness, um, or they're just the Red Sox and they don't care. <laughs> and these kind of zero self awareness tweets are the things that we're missing. Um, I'm going to go my number five. Um, I'm going to miss this so much. I already miss it this week because it's winter meetings theoretically started Monday and obviously they're not happening. I'm going to miss extremely tired GMs on MLB network in the middle of winter (laughs) meetings. It's always like, it's like a bleary eyed Mike Hazen, like the diamondbacks GM just being like, yeah, we have to get better. We got to make more contact answering like the simplest questions running on like nine Red Bulls and amphetamines. Like everybody knows you're making deals. The under eye bags look like the on deck circle. They're just shoving him onto the set of a live television show. I'm really going to miss that. Do you remember at uh, the winter meetings on MLB network when that guy walked in the background of the shot, walked directly into a koi pond, like Michael Scott, I feel like those two things oh go God. hand in hand, but those are the two things I'm going to miss the most. Like GMs and managers who've been up all night, just asking, getting the most softball questions lobbed at them when you know they need to get back to the hotel room immediately. I know. And you can just tell like, they don't want to be there at all. I honestly, you just unlocked, like, this was actually one of my top five, but do you remember when DePoto was like making moves from his hospital bed? <laughs> when he had that medical procedure and it was just like the Mariners have literally never won a world series. And this guy is like out here literally in hospital bed, just like, as if it's like the final scene in Rocky, like he is just going for it. And I, I remember being like, my respect for this guy went up so much like the tweet, you know, when you do the little, like chart up emoji like my respect for this man for depoto but at the same time like you're genuinely concerned the same way with the red bulls like this sport is bad for our health oh, it yeah. is factually like my i have I, I have the blood pressure of like an 86 year old man who eats cheeseburgers for every meal when i watch the red Sox, it's bad it's unhealthy yeah we'll i will really, die young i really don't want to go see a doctor i'm gonna be perfectly honest like I have no oh interest. i've been i have been avoiding it desperately like i i i'm i'm not looking for i have a doctor's appointment this week and i'm just like maybe I should just put it off another six years. (laughs) I mean, now is the best time. There's, there's no off season news to get the blood pressure rolling. Like, I mean, maybe you delay it just because the doctor's not going to get an accurate reading of how your body behaves on a normal. Exactly. Like I, I I feel like without like the GM meetings and like Jeff pass and clowning people on Twitter (laughs) out of sheer stress and exhaustion, like 
it's not, it's not going to be factually accurate. This is like basically a vacation for me, but it's also in a way also more stressful. I just said also about seven times. It's actually kind of in a way more stressful for us because without the lockout, without, without the regular off season during this lockout, we are trying to come up with content. <laughs> we are pulling blood from the stone. Is, is that your number four, the DePoto hospital bed resurgence? Um, I mean, it's kind of like, I I'll just, I'll just make up a a new one because yours was kind of mine, but yeah, like the sheer insanity, I guess my fourth would be media members on Twitter, Mm -hmm. like MLB insiders. I should be more specific. Like when Jeff Passan is cranky, it's like one of my favorite things because like, he will just be replying to people and he'll just be like, like someone will be like, pass and this is such a dumb trade and he'll be like your mom didn't think so and it's just like I'm obsessed I'm sorry it's so dumb but I love it it's so sixth grade boy but I just I think it's amazing yeah it's very inspiring when like you start to think about your trajectory as a journalist being like man at at one point am I gonna have to like forget my childhood emotions and like abandon all pretenses and just be like serious trade breaking man. And Jeff Passan, the answer is no, like you, you can be both. Exactly. I mean, Passan literally yesterday was like at a chief's game. Like the dude is living his best life because there's no baseball, but I, I miss stressed out Passan because stressed out Passan at a certain point has no F's left to give. Yeah. And we're entirely out of F's, I think, as a society right now. That's that's kind of why, you know, the lockout occurred. Neither side has any more F's. It's a real shame. We, sh- we could all use some F's. Um, my number four is it's related. It has to do with the constant scrolling. But my number four is when somebody huge signs on Christmas weekend. It's the best. Just you're constantly doing the Twitter refresh. Your uncle's asking you where all the extra Biden ballots came from. And you're like, can you just, I don't need to answer that right now. I got to, we got, we're on the verge. Passing says talks are heating up. Like, I'm sorry, I got to look at this. Like that, that part of the holiday is just going to be gone this year. It was here on Thanksgiving a little bit, but now Christmas, I'm just going to be kicked up watching not that great basketball, not that great football. And I'm losing my sport in the process. I mean, as a Jewish woman, like, I feel like I got the worst Hanukkah present ever because the lockout began on Hanukkah. And I'm like, I did not ask for this. No Jewish person asked for this. Haven't we suffered enough? Like, let's be honest here. We deserve better for Hanukkah than this. I mean, what if the lockout just ended after eight nights, though? That would have kind of been cool. I mean, yeah, but then Manfred would be like, I mean, that does, that would be great pace of play you know, if it ended after eight nights, but it's not going to happen. So instead, instead I got the worst Hanukkah gift ever. (laughs) It would have been MLB's first ever acknowledgement of Hanukkah if they had ended it after eight nights. My favorite, my favorite tweet when the lockout hit into effect was something about how Manfred had finally achieved the ultimate pace of play (laughs) by enacting a lockout. (laughs) Shaving it down to zero. The <laughs> ideal baseball game being zero yeah, minutes long. It was my friend, it was my friend Megan Brown, who goes by that girl on deck. I'm, I just have to give her a shout out. And she it it was like it was the most perfect, perfect tweet. Just I'll find it at some point, but credit to her for for making it a Manfred troll because he deserves all the trolling. 
Yeah, credit to Megan. That's that's a good joke. That's an objectively good joke. Um, hit me with your number three. Okay. Um, my number three, and it's weird, but I'll explain. <laughs> Rob Manfred. Wow. Okay, but not like I miss Rob Manfred. It's that I miss having new opportunities to clown on Rob Manfred. And I came up with this like a couple days ago because you asked me to be on this a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. But then I was writing about and reading about the whole two baseballs thing. And now I don't miss him because he's still here because the only part of the lockout that we don't get is that Rob Manfred is still here. Like, how are we locked out from all the good parts of baseball, but we still have Rob Manfred. (laughs) And not only do we still have Rob Manfred, but we only have Rob Manfred's perspective on things. Like he's never writing the narrative. Well, no, I guess we do have baseball players tweeting the opposite and changing their profile pictures to grade out heads but all the official statements are all Manfred all the time, like Rob's greatest hits. Right. And I mean, it's kind of like if you were allowed to keep only the grease from a piece of pizza, but you couldn't keep any of the rest of the pizza. That's basically what it's like having a lockout with Rob Manfred still around. <laughs> Rob Manfred working on his Hall of Fame case piece by piece during oh the lockout. Oh my God. If, if Rob Manfred, I mean, literally, if he, if he even gets mentioned in the same sentence as Hall of Fame, and that sentence isn't Rob Manfred has no chance of being in the Hall of Fame, I will riot straight up. It would be nice, though, you got to admit, to get a breaking news column every day that says Rob Manford has no chance of being in the Hall of Fame. Like every day, just keep breaking that. By the way, still today, no chance. Yeah. And also tomorrow, no chance. Yeah. And also, once again, yeah, if you're asking for future predictions, it's not going to happen. Um, my number three is Manford related. Because I mean, of course it is because he's he's the guy. Mm. He's the guy in charge of our lives. Um, again, this is similar to yours in that it's not a thing that I actively miss, but I do miss the debate. My number three, I'm going to miss when wacky rule changes just show up out of nowhere. Like it's January 8th, ostensibly nothing should be happening. And you get a push notification. You wake up. That's like baseball says no more lefties. And you're like, wait, what, (laughs) wait, who came up with that? And why, and why today? Like, they also were supposed to be debating so many rule changes in this CBA negotiation. And the rumor has it now they're not going to. So I don't know what that means for universal DH. And I don't know what that means for all the good rule changes, but I am going to miss the chaos of like January 14th, just finding out like uh, you're not <laughs> like, a, two like in the morning from passing. <laughs> yeah. Two in the morning passing's like no more rosin bags. You're like, why? <laughs> Who thought of that? I mean, honestly though, it's kind of funny because it's a hundred percent true. And it's, it's again, such a Manfred thing of like, he will change everything. And I, I literally, and this plays into the rule changes thing. I remember this from like 2019 when they were talking about the three batter minimum rule coming into existence. And I literally tweeted something like Rob Manfred will change everything about the game before he play pays minor leaguers, you know, does this, does this, like all the things that he actually needs to do because of this. I went on literally like a 10 tweet thread rant about how much I hated this role and all these people were like it's really not that big a deal like a year later everyone's like this rule is the worst thing to happen to baseball blah 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 I'm like hello just listen to me I promise you I'm always right and if I'm not right like I'll say I'm not right but I I you know I've been so right about like all of these men for things um and also just I love how we're getting, like, if they're not going to negotiate new rules, (laughs) like we're in a lockout over essentially just money and that's it. So like, 
it just feels so much more pointless if we're not even getting different rules or, you know, a, a universal DH or any of this. It just, it just makes the whole thing even more frustrating. Yeah, because in all those months, it it will feel like those months prior to the COVID lockout resolving when the players were like, how about 125 games in full pay? And the owners were like, how about 30 games and one eighth pay? And the players were like, okay, fine. What about 122 and 97%? (laughs) Like they just weren't anywhere close. Like that's what this feels like too. Every single time the players, like the players, bent and the and the owners were just like no and the players bent more and the owners were just like no and I just it makes me so mad and honestly if I see one more person blaming this on the players I'm like please look up what a lockout is quite literally the players came to the table and the owners left and also if you're choosing billionaires over millionaires and you make like what most baseball fans make or less like I have no words for you. Like I, I genuinely don't understand why people don't choose the people who are more like them. Yeah. At least comparatively, like, you know, I mean, look, most of us, I personally have only recently become a millionaire, but still I root against bosses. Like that's just factual. Wait, I'm sorry. So you've been holding out on me this whole time. Why are we not sitting in like luxury suites at Fen- at Fenway and Yankee Stadium all season? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I became a millionaire. It was like two or three days ago. I totally forgot to drop it on you, but it is true. I'm I'm now currently I'm in the upper class, but not quite the billionaire class. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I became a thousandaire, which is what happens when you actually have more than a thousand dollars in your checking account at once. <laughs> yeah, that's also. I mean, look. That's also good. And again, I sympathize with you instead of ownership. <laughs> um, what is your number two, Thousandaire? Oh, okay, my number two, and this is a shout out to our friend and coworker, Robert Murray, also known as Bert, mm-hmm. is when big news gets announced or dropped or, you know, Twitter bombed by a more unexpected source or media member. Mm -hmm. You know, we have watched our friend Bert getting so much great attention for all of the news that he's been breaking. And it's really nice. Like as much as I have a lot of trust in the kind of mainstay MLB insiders, you know, it's really exciting to see more people getting recognition for the hard work um, an effort that they put into doing such a good job at what they do and what they care about. Um, and by the way, uh, literally as like, it's not important, but I, (laughs) I still have my tweet notifications on for like all of the media, like MLB insiders. And I got like, I'm still getting them, even though (laughs) there's nothing going on (laughs) and it's like Pavlovian. I'm like, Oh my God, what is it? I need to know. And it's nothing like, it's literally just randomness that has nothing to do with anything that we need to know but I'm like my brain cannot compute lockout so yeah um that was my number two because I I really enjoy as someone who you know built her career from literally nothing um I am really really always happy and inspired and proud to see my friends and just people in the industry that I admire um doing good things and big things in full seriousness obviously agree it's awesome uh Bert's doing a great job, and it is fun to see some some non-serious names mixed in there. Um, in unseriousness, 
it is it does i mean even when it's wrong and even when the fans with sources are incorrect that has been most of my most fun days on twitter at least in october and november like fans building up the goodwill of some fan convinced the entire yankees fan base they were about to trade for matt olson like three weeks ago and did i buy it no but did i have a great time in the process absolutely i did and you had a great time writing about it and i read that article because i read most of yeah. the articles <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> um, but the, I'm yeah, you do get the yard page page views. yeah you, you're hate reading uh, yanks go yard content i'm not hate reading because my team did better than yours this year so if anything i'm cocky mm-hmm. reading yeah it's true i mean i'm literally reading a piece about you spiraling into madness because brian cashman has spent the off season sleeping outside in a sleeping bag and scaling windows to fight with the grinch like i i enjoy <laughs> the almost joker-esque spiral that Brian Cashman is sending you into slowly and rapidly, depending on the time it's of true. year and the Aaron Boone it's resigning. True. Like it's all, it's very fun for me as a Yankee, as a Yankees hater um, to, to read your excellent writing on a topic that makes me happy, which is Yankees misery. Yeah. And there's no, I mean, <laughs> truly there's now no end in sight. Like we, we cannot see the finish line. I, I just, I, I can't, I don't want to, move on without laughing at the idea of you still having Twitter notifications on for these guys who are mostly (laughs) like 55 year old men like John like the idea of you getting a Twitter notification just because John Heyman's like got a venti at Starbucks they left the foam on very unfair and you checking that being like wow okay except that it wouldn't be John Heyman because Heyman blocked me like a year ago which I think is hilarious I picked the wrong guy you're not missing much there's not a lot going on there no, it's Pat. It's like Passin, Rose, Rosenthal, Burt, Mark Feinsand. Um, I have a bunch. Uh, Alex Spear yeah, from the Boston boy. Globe. The the Heyman um, ones are just like drove down Jersey Turnpike. Thought I found a good clothing store. Actually closed. Big bummer. <laughs> like okay, thank you. And also tweeting, yeah, oh tweeting God. ownership stuff about people's markets that you're like, I know this isn't true because nobody's market is moving because there's no signings. I mean, in fairness, the Phillies did sign a Cuban player today, but it's like, you know, it, that's allowed. So it's not actually that exciting. I'm going to make it sound exciting for work, but it's not actually very thrilling because he's 19 and he's from Havana and there's like almost no internet information about him. But am I going to milk it for all it's worth because of the lockout? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the life that we're living. Speaking of uh, content, my number two is content based and that's yeah. what's going to happen to the best shape of his life columns? How will we know <laughs> who's in the best shape of their lives? Who's lifting tires this January? Who learned how to throw a baseball entirely differently and is a lefty now when they were a righty last October? We're not going to learn any of this completely useless information from any spring training insiders, and I'm going to miss it a lot. Okay, well, I can tell you, breaking news, I'm actually in the worst shape of my life since college. Um, I have eaten about... 20 sufganiyot this week for Hanukkah, which if anyone listening doesn't know, those are deep fried donuts for Hanukkah. And I've eaten at least one a day for the last week. And one day in a half an hour, I ate four. Then I woke up at three in the morning and I ate another one standing in the dark in my kitchen and then went back to sleep. This is lockout. Yeah, this is lockout. This is lockout. Except that this was before the lockout because Hanukkah started before the lockout. So I was eating donuts at 3 a.m. in the dark before the lockout. This was like Sunday night. 
But without spring training, we're going to have to rely on like some columnist from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, like calling you and breaking the news that you're in the worst shape of your life because there's just nothing else to do. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, he's going to be like, you fat ass, go back to Soul Cycle. Gabrielle Starr is in the worst shape of her life. It's not a great column. It's really not. But you know what? Some people on Twitter will really enjoy it. Um, yeah, that's that's for you, Twitter folks. I will say, though, I did notice and I don't like him because he's a domestic abuser. But Odebel Herrera got released by the Phillies or he was granted free agency when they placed him on waivers. And um, he that dude is out there. I don't think anyone should sign him, but I just <laughs> noticed this because I'm always looking for Phillies content for work. He has been posting literally every day Instagram stories of himself working out. <laughs> like i feel like it's very like gym rat bro that you find on like a dating app except he's trying to get signed by an mlb team because the phillies didn't want him at the very least then we're not going to get the like filtered columns and like waxing poetic a thousand words about it pablo sandoval by every single red Sox writer in like 2015 Talking yeah. about how his belt no longer bursts open when he swings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, like, at least, though, we will have the workout tapes at the very least. You don't have to read about it. You can just watch it. Uh, the panda belt clip. I'm going to watch that. I haven't watched that in a while. Um, Gabrielle, what is your number one? Oh, OK. My number one is very cheesy. Are you ready? I am. Because my number one is not. So we're going to end this on a non-cheesy note. Oh, no. Okay. My number one is like just hope. (laughs) (laughs) Which is both really cheesy, but also depressing. But I will expand on it and just say like, there is a time in the off season when the season is over, like the first like month or so. Not this year so much because we had a lot of signings because of the impending lockout. But, you know, usually over the last four or five years or so, most of the signings have been like later in the winter, even during the beginning of spring training. So like, you know, January, February, whatever, but like November, December, things were pretty quiet. And for me personally, like the last like month or so of the season, especially like 2018 and this year, I was kind of burnt out and I needed like a reset. Um, before my brain kind of switched back from like, I'm super exhausted and I'm done with this team to, Ooh, brand new season, clean slate, Jimmy Fallon and fever pitch acting like a small child when his tickets come and he's like sniffing them saying it smells like this smells like the year, you know, like childlike wonder and excitement and all that crappy, cheesy stuff. Um, we don't have that right now because like we're in a lockout. It kind of feels like we are just in the endless winter from that Edith Wharton novel, Ethan Frome. Um, (laughs) And we're literally in winter too. Like the sun sets at four. There's no baseball news. Um, We're in a pandemic with a new variant. Like it's just, everything is terrible and bleak. And it kind of feels like the Grinch did steal Christmas. Like I, I'm just, I, I miss like, the excitement of like, ooh, your team signed a new player or ooh, your team is favored, favored to sign a new player or they're bringing back a fan favorite or, you know, David Ortiz is unretiring and smashing Yankees with baseball bats. Like anything remotely that would get me excited for the next season because like we don't know if spring training is going to start on time. We don't know, you know, how much more kind of backbiting 
the, the ownership side and league side is going to do, you know, like there's just so much unknown, but none of it feels exciting or good. So I miss the hope. I love that. I am. You're saying it sounds like the Grinch stole Christmas. So that means Brian Cashman lost another one-on-one <laughs> battle. Is that what you're saying to me? <laughs> look, he wasn't a savage in that box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch, the Grinch. Look, who's he the real savage? Da- he didn't do damage. <laughs> no, he didn't at all. He didn't. The Grinch did damage to his tooth, tooth filled mouth. I mean, oh that was God. so beautiful. I almost feel maybe we should have gone over the Grinch it up, aren't you? I'm not going to Grinch it up. It's just mine's goofy as hell. I, I really miss the Yankees signing someone who suddenly looks like a naked mole rat after shaving for the first time in eight years. <laughs> So like Brian McCann, so you and I understood this assignment very differently. <laughs> I love it. I should have ended the assignment the same way you did. But in essence, in here's look, I'm going to put it on my podcast hat. In essence, don't we both miss the same thing? You miss the hope that springs eternal. I miss the hope of conformity and the familiar and the strange becoming the familiar and learning that I'm about to get to know new people and like the, it's just hate them and be disappointed by them. Cause they're yeah. And eventually learn about their fatal flaw that keeps them from being helpful in October (laughs) in any capacity. But it is that hope of like, it becomes in the same way that you need a reset. It becomes real for me when I hear the Yankees are going to sign someone, I see it's finalized and then it actually happens. And then cut to the press conference. They look completely different. And they seem, you know, ready to join in on a mission. I'm not in favor of the facial hair policy per se. That's not what I'm saying. I just love that rebirth moment of them putting on their new jersey for the first time. And if they happen to look like a naked mole rat while they're doing so, all the better. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing Brett Gardner. Um, Well, we do sign him every winter. So it's just him doing a press conference every year. He's currently a free agent. So you never know. He might go bang his uh, bat on somebody else's dugout roof. Um, I do have to say that just reminded me though, um, when Andrew McCutcheon got traded to the Yankees and he had to cut mm-hmm. off his dreads, I, the photo of him that I don't know if it was like a photo he posted, I think it was like from his Instagram story or something. He looked so depressed. He looked like Anne Hathaway on the cover on that movie poster for Les Miserables. <laughs> when she's gotten all of her hair cut off, you know, that she sells her hair to provide for her daughter. Cause I guess in like pre-revolution France, selling hair made money for some Mm -hmm. reason. Um, But he literally like, he looked like her on the movie poster. Um, And I just like, that just popped into my head very randomly because that was one of the saddest examples of the facial hair policy, Um, the outdated antiquated somewhat racially insensitive facial hair policy yes it's grooming policy it's true it's true um and it's funny that you say that though because selling hair is actually how i recently became a millionaire <laughs> so there you go your hair somebody else's hair cadaver oh, yeah hair? like do i want to know hair, loose hair uh animal hair <laughs> trimmings um on that note <laughs> i guess unfortunately Gabrielle, well, we have thanks literally for... nothing else to talk about. <laughs> no, we don't. There's no baseball. It's, I sold my, sold someone else's hair. That's where we're at. Um, Gabrielle, thanks for joining. And I hope that the next time we speak on the air will be a happier occasion. But thank you for lighting up the airwaves with your list, which uh, totally worked. I miss all of those things as well. 
Thanks for having me, buddy. I don't know if I'm like, I feel both like happy from this chat, but also more depressed, if that makes sense. Cause now I'm thinking of more things that I missed that I wasn't already thinking of. <laughs> we'll do a part two. We'll, we'll do a part two. <laughs> Gabrielle Starr, everybody. Never forget, I am a millionaire. And now my final flame. I know what you're thinking. Is he really doing an entire final flame about the Beatles get back? What the heck is that doing in the sports section? I'll tell you what. Rooting for the Beatles is essentially the same as rooting for your favorite sports team. The highs, the lows, the fervent belief that George Harrison belongs in the Baseball Hall of Fame. The lessons I learned from watching eight hours of unblemished footage of the world's greatest band conceiving their final live performance are innumerable. But mainly, I learned that no band works without a great point guard. Sure, there are stars, but even the Beatles couldn't operate without a facilitator. Yes, Nirvana was great, but wouldn't they have been greater with Isaiah Thomas on marimbas? The Rolling Stones were electric from their debut album. But imagine the heights they could have reached with Steve Nash on the conga. The Mamas and the Papas would have been better if they'd been the Magics and the Paytons. Bob Cousy had a better voice than Janis Joplin, and that's a scientific fact. The other lesson I learned? I prefer sports to music, I just do. It was so hard to come up with even those couple of sentences. I just ham-fisted some sports references into what I'd attempted to be an earnest discussion of the perils of fame and group dynamics on the biggest stage. I am, first and foremost, an idiot. But when you watch Paul McCartney strike the triangle, think of the triangle offense. That's all I ask. There will be an answer. Let it bing. Dave bing. My thanks to Gabrielle Starr. See you all next Thursday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.